You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 158, covering The Homecoming and The Circle. Hi friends, we're back from our little break. It's 2014 and we're DS9-ing. DS9's season 2-ing. Yep. Already up to season two, which is uh, quite extraordinary if you think about it. Yep, we're booking it through. We're one-seventh of the way through already. and uh, Oh man, don't tell me that. One-seventh of the way closer to the other ones. Don't tell me that either. <laughs> but it is my New Year's resolution to not badmouth Voyager, and I think I'm going to break that right now. Voyager sucks. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? It's my year's New Year's resolution to keep being a dick about Voyager, <laughs> so I'm off to a great start. <laughs> You know, the thing is, if people told me that Voyager was good, that would be one thing. But uh, but the people we trust the most, the, the guests that we regularly have, many of them have been through Voyager, and none of them have good things to say. No. So, you know. It's unexplored territory for us, but the probes we've sent so far do not uh, do not reflect kindly. Nope. But before we get there, we Speaking still... Speaking of shitty episodes, here's some good episodes. Well... I I was not uh, looking forward to this, as as we'll get to here in my summary. Why don't we just yeah. roll right into my summary here for The Homecoming. Let's please do so. Hey, great. We're starting a new season. Can't believe we made it through the first one so quickly. Things are really going to start getting good now. I'll just check the episode list and, oh, God. Season two of Deep Space Nine opens with not a two-parter, but a three-parter about Bajoran Rebels, co-written by Jerry Taylor. Well, it's the holidays. We've taken a couple weeks off. There's no hurry. I don't need to watch these until... Shit, now it's show day already somehow. Well, here we go. Let's just tear the band-aid off quick-like. All right, the very first thing is Odo yelling, Quark, so how bad could it be? So Quark is given a Bajoran earring by some alien chick or another. Apparently the earring is an important message, so he immediately takes it to Kira, and she immediately storms out to one of her self-righteous missions. Man, Kira, he just bought you that thing for nothing. Dude's a Ferengi. You gotta keep those wheels greased if you want to keep this sort of thing happening. Turns out the earring belongs to a legendary Bajoran terrorist named Lee. That's not a very good commando name. <laughs> Apparently, despite the fact that they closed all the prison camps, the Cardassians are still holding Lee and some other prisoners in a camp. Whoops. So Kira mounts a not-very-secret rescue mission with noted Cardassian hater Chief O'Brien. The chief is clearly, uh, clearly told that they might not make it back from the effort, and he's totally fine with this. Something-something Keiko. Anyway... <laughs> Their mission is successful, and they bring Lee back to the throngs of adoring Bajorans. And that's not easy to say, adoring Bajorans. Lee, who reminded me a lot of Benjamin Horn from Twin Peaks until I realized that's exactly who he was, is apparently being given Kira's job, which doesn't make Sisko or Kira very happy. It's all the doing of the shady Bajoran minister Jaro, played by Frank Langella. Given that Langella has played both Skeletor and Richard Nixon, I may be, utterly, I may be unfairly judging him as evil. I guess we'll find out in the next part. You surely will. This was not bad at all. No, it was actually for an episode about going to Cardassia, to a Cardassian planet to save Bajorans, which I feel like we've seen a lot. Yeah, prison camps and rebels yep. and uh, yeah. Shockingly good. Yeah, really, really good. And uh, part two, actually, even better. Mm -hmm. In fact, I feel like let's just discuss all of this as one big piece. If okay. you want to do your, your summary of part two and we'll just discuss the whole thing. All right, so I got the circle. Yep. 
So we open with an inopportune and frankly adorable going away party for Kira in her quarters, and then she ships out for Bajoran Monastery, where she will hopefully be out of the way and getting her Vedic on. Speaking of said Vedic, Barayal shows Kira some sort of orb, and she learns about her destiny, which is banging Barayal like a screen door if we hadn't evolved beyond the need for screen doors, which we totally have. Elsewhere on... Everywhere else on Bajor, tensions are rising between the Circle and the good guys? Quark tips Odo off that the Circle is buying guns by the tons from some race of guys that were, who are all called Chris. But some quick breaking and entering and being a mouse by Odo reveals that the Christians are actually Cardassians, which is a simple enough mistake to make, which is clearly going to result in big trouble. Back on Bajor, Vedic Wynn is sweet to Kira, which is when I hate her the most. <laughs> And then she's kidnapped by the Circle guys. Uh, Kira, not Vedic Wynn. Kira learns that the Circle is being headed up by Skeletor. Surprise, surprise. And then Sisko arrives for rescue. Back at the station, Sisko informs Starfleet that trouble is coming to Bajor and that the Cardassians are also on their way and is told that it's time for Starfleet to evacuate DS9. Sisko humpers... Humpers? Good lord. <laughs> Sisko hunkers down and gets ready for war. I was going to say, I don't remember any Sisko humpering. Uh, no, that usually that usually gets pretty obvious. Like by the time we get to season six, when he's humpering every other episode, right? So you know, because you and I do a lot of you know making jokes and that sort of thing, I, I want to be clear about some of the basic plot stuff before we get really into this. Mm. There's a, a Bajoran group uh, called the Circle, who are basically Bajorans for Bajor. They want to throw Starfleet out of there. They want to get everyone off the planet and and you know revert back to the old ways. Yes. And then on top of that, you have Kira rescuing this Lee dude who's supposed to be a big hero and is apparently inconvenient to uh, the Circle's uh, sinister agenda. And so they've yep. they've stuck him on Deep Space Nine to sort of keep him out of the way. Yeah. I think that pretty much covers it. There's a lot going on. but It's that, it's that thing where they, uh, you know, the, the people love this guy, so they need to do something to him, but... You know. Right, so they give him Kira's job, which is obviously yeah. the most, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, prestigious job on Bajor, well, clearly. Well, as we all know, Kira is not much of a threat to anyone. <laughs> right, not at all. Hang on, I can hear her yelling at me from here, and she's <laughs> fictional and in space. <laughs> fictional in space and won't even exist for 400 years if you believe, you know, <laughs> 300 years. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> she's yelling almost as loud as Keiko. <laughs> Here's here's the thing. I'm gonna go ahead and do my good thing now. Um, right. At least for for this episode, for the first episode, um, this is what I would call Kira 2.0. She's mm -hmm. still totally willful and strong, but she's not so crazy over the top anymore. No, she's she's a lot more reasonable. She's the acting is more subtle, but she's still got that fire. She's still running yeah. off and rescuing people, even though she shouldn't. It's like she's not pissed off all of the time. She's just pissed off most of the time. No, and I made a joke to Matt a couple of times. What's that thing she's doing with her mouth? Cause she seems so happy. That can't be right. Because there's a few times. I mean, there's, there's, well, there's your good thing from, uh, yes. from I believe, the next episode. This mm -hmm. is uh, doing two episodes together here is a little confusing. I do apologize for that. But uh, it just it feels like we're, all, we're dealing with one big story here. Yeah. So uh, one big story that's not actually finished yet. That's, so that's also a problem. It's also a problem. But uh, your your good thing for part two. Uh, I love the uh, the little Im impromptu uh, going getting ready for Kira to leave party. Um, it's a really well done scene. It's it's great comedy. It builds on her talking to Odo and then yeah, her we have Odo to... coming in to sort of yell at her for leaving. Yeah, because he thinks she's taking the easy way out. Right. 
And then just the rest of the crew starts dropping by to say goodbye to her, and it turns into this really great comedy scene. But yeah, and it and it feels like a like a Marx Brothers scene. Like the yes! doorbell rings again, and somebody else is here, and there's just more and more chaos, and then the doorbell yep. rings again, and then you know, and two hard boiled eggs. Make that three hard boiled eggs. Like it, it it felt like a really classic sort of scene. Yeah. And uh, I uh, really I was doing some research. I found out the uh, the scene had actually been done in one take with. Uh, couple of extra cameras on to catch uh wow. like close-ups and stuff uh-huh. but the whole scene's done in one take wow. and it it's awesome and that's a that's a testament to the actors as well because there's a lot of good comedic timing in there yep. there's a lot of you have to say this line at exactly the right time to for maximum funny and uh mm-hmm. and it really and they, works they nail it yeah they totally nail it but but there it ends with her uh, uh Burial shows up and 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 kira goes uh i'm sorry these are just my and nice little pause friends and you realize, aw, yep. like she's actually sort of calmed down a bit. And it, that, that feeds into what I'm saying about her lightening up a little bit. Mm, which is really important. It totally is. Because, like, you can't have that da, 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 no, you, character for seven years. No. I mean, we already have Keiko. Yes. We, we already have one character who's just angry all the time for no apparent reason. If anyone's interested, no, she will not develop at all. No. <laughs> not even in that episode that she was good in. No. Um... But uh, Kira, and then uh, she spends a bit of time in the monastery, as you say, and mm. she she starts playing this sort of nice, like, she's been there for a couple of days, she's starting to mellow out a little bit, she's a lot calmer when Cisco comes mm. to visit her, and it's a, it's a really nice, like, wow, there is some, there is some depth there, there is some, yeah. she's not just angry all the time, and I feel like the episode duet went a long way to, uh, to fixing that, mm. where, you know. They they had a chance to change the character a little bit and to have her realize, wait, I'm not angry about everything. I need to be more Just specific. angry about certain things. Yeah, I need to direct my anger. I need to be very specifically angry about the stuff I'm angry. You know, like direct it like a laser beam. Direct it at Vedic Wind. Right. Oh. oh. Man. There's a there's a bit at the end of part two where she and and Skeletor Nixon. Yeah, <laughs> Frank Langella, who, who Skeletixon, yes, who plays a delightful bad guy in lots and lots of things. Yeah, I believe he was also the bad guy in uh, Dark Man. Oh my God, he was too. Among among many many other things, he's just he's he's one of those guys. Yeah, and um, they're they're together. They're looking out, and there's like these palaces sort of in the background, and it's a very Star Wars vibe. Mm. It's a very we too are plotting and we're really the evil ones all along and you know yep. and everything is happening as I have foreseen and it's just it's, soon the Bajoran Empire will crumble. Right. And it's it's just beautiful and it doesn't feel like sort of over the top like you mm. you'd think that would feel the most ridiculous over the top, like, oh great. So No, it's just it's kind of awesome. Yeah. So these are the bad guys, huh? Well yeah, they yep. are. But it's it's not even that they're bad. It's just that they want to return to the traditional ways, and the traditional ways are not good. Not good for Bajor, anyway. No. And it's it's this great sort of political like you are not a political person at all, but you love nope. politics in Star Trek. I do. And and there's so much of it going on here. There's so much, you know. We got to move forward and and join with Starfleet versus we got to go back to the traditional ways and and. So it's that sort of Star Trek, there's no exact evil here, mm-hmm. but there is. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 clear that this isn't the best thing for Bajor, and that these two are, are really more about their, their own power and their own self-interest. Yeah. 
but at the same time, both sides do have legitimate, you know, uh, uh, concerns. And it's not just like these guys are, you know, trying to destroy everything. Right. So well, that's the thing. If these two knew that they were getting guns from the Cardassians, like... Right. That changes everything. Yeah, it totally does. Which I, I assume will come to light in part three. Yeah. So this is the problem with the three-parter. I just... I really was dreading... This three, like three parts about Bajor and Paula. Oh, I should have trusted the show. Yeah, that's the thing. It, I, I'm watching this and it's like, wow, this is sort of really the Deep Space Nine that I'm waiting for. Yeah, and and you had mentioned, uh, it said on Memory Alpha that they were trying to establish their identity more as, yeah, the, as um, DS9. The rule for DS9 Season 2 was no, uh, no TNG stuff. Right. Uh, just do stuff that we can't, that we couldn't do on TNG. Just do Deep Space Nine stuff. Well, and when you look back on season one, you got a lot of situations where they clearly repurposed uh, uh, scripts that were written for Next Gen. Mm-hmm. You got stuff like Babel that could have easily been done on Next Gen, and then you yep. got stories about Q and Loxana. That while it was okay, let's see what these guys are like on Deep Space Nine. It's still those characters were popular on the other show. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's obvious they need to distance themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, what's the point of having a spinoff if you don't have sort of a connected, you know, universe? Well, I mean, they, the the universe is there, but I don't think we need like, hey, it's uh, Captain Picard's good friend dropping by to say hi. Well, that's true. I don't know. Like, I totally agree that they needed to uh, to 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 create their own identity here, and and mm. you know, I uh, they, I think they do it. Yeah, I definitely think they do it. I also think that people who thought the show was too much about Bajor and too much about staying in one place probably wouldn't have been, you know, won over by this. No, but the nice thing about these episodes is that it takes those things that you're not being won over by and shows you why they're so cool. Well, yeah, I think so. And I also... The problem is getting people who think that to sit down and watch this thing. Right. Which, me at this point, I still wasn't watching this as as of season two. It took me until Worf Mm. showed up to really get into it. Yeah. But um, I mean, I get it. Like, not knowing anything about DS9, I would be totally the guy going, ah, oh, Bajor. Yeah. These guys weren't that interesting. I like Ensign Rowe, I guess. But, you know, they're, aren't they just rebels? Why don't you guys go off and look at something? Yeah. and of Something in space. Of course, you know, we did establish in Next Gen that they almost never went to Strange New Worlds. But that's a whole yeah. other thing. So, but I mean, there's a whole lot going on in these in these two episodes, and I assume we'll continue into part three. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, um, you know, uh, Jake goes on his first date or tries to anyway. Yep. And uh, he's foiled by racism. Yeah. Um, his his date ends up being uh, Bajoran, and and her parents end up being a uh, you know Bajorans for Bajor types. Mm-hmm. But it's it there's some great scenes between uh, Cisco and Jake. You know, like, oh, you're going on your first date. Well, let me tell you all about it. No, Dad, yeah. let me tell you all about it. Those two have such great chemistry. They, I mean, we've talked about that before, but, like... They really do. They just play off each other really well. No, and it's it's a nice contrast between all the heavy shit that's going on, and then Cisco goes home, and he's got his... Oh, my son's got his first date, you know. Oh, that's so cute. And and the first time you see Cisco, he's so happy about that, that mm-hmm. when Kira comes to him with this, like, super heavy, you know... I found this earring, and this guy's in a prison camp. He's just... I need uh, I need your help to go on a heist. Right. He's just... He's completely unflappable. He's still just like, you know, all this heavy, dark shit, and he's still just happy. Tell me more about your heist. Yeah. And then he's... Oh, I wish you hadn't told me about your heist. Oh. 
You've made me sad. But they do a they do a good job of even though this is a Bajor story, even though this is very much sort of a Kira and Cisco story, they mm. do a good job of keeping uh well like Jake has something to do and uh Quark has quite a bit to do. Oh yeah. He's... Quark's all over this one. For an episode that shouldn't be about him yeah. at all. No, you you need the guy with the street contacts. You need the guy sort of out there trying to find out what's going on. Yeah. And uh it, I mean the episode opens with Quark being nice to Odo, which is fucking fantastic. That's so fucking funny. I love the, uh, I love he only does it to throw him off. Yeah, he t- he tells Rom there's a there's a rule of acquisition that says uh, every now and then declare peace. Confuses the hell out of your enemies. Right, exactly. And 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 Rom's like, duh, what what what's going on here? Whatever you say, well, brother. Duh, okay. But yeah, it's it's he like uh, he actually turns somebody in. He narks somebody out to Odo. And Oda's like, what? What? Did, I I don't understand. What is? What? What? What's in it for you? Nothing. I'm just trying to be a good citizen. What? 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 I. I. What? I. 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 I Quark. <laughs> and the thing is, it actually pays off in part two because he deputizes Quark. Yep. To help him figure out uh, what's going on with the the Chris the Chris the Chrisians the Chrisians right of course the Chris the race of Chris peoples right. You got Chris, and there's Chris over there, and of course Chrissy, and... And of course you know Chris. Yeah, obviously. Wait, you mean Chris? And then Odo's spying on them by doing uh, what he does, which is apparently turn into a rat or a glass. Yep. That's all he can do. I'm a shapeshifter. I can turn into a rat, a cup, Yep. or... Actually, that's about it. I could be a mouse, which is a type of rat, I think. A little less pointy. I can't really nail the features down. Yeah, you know. It'd be great if he could turn into a mouse with shit with shitty features <laughs> like uh, like his human. Right. Really though, that's that's the only things we've seen him turn into. Yep. Or a rat, or or a mouse, depending on what you what you think it is. I'm not sure. I think mm-hmm. it's a rat, but I don't know. Or a cup. <laughs> that's it. Now I'm a cup. Yes, cup. <laughs> I remember in the uh, DS9 Super Nintendo game, he could turn into a mouse or a bird. Oh, well. Well, then he's like Manimal, really. Yeah. Who could turn into a a, a hawk or a panther. That way he could go on adventures where he could crawl through holes or fly over pits. (laughs) Yep. Video games. He's he's just just like Manimal. Yep. I don't recall him ever turning into a panther. Well, that is, isn't a, isn't a mouse just a panther of the of the tiny world, <laughs> really. You know what? You may have a point there. No, I don't have a point at all. No, not, sorry, not even. A I was being bit. polite. <laughs> so um, when uh, when when O'Brien and Kira go on their rescue mission to go rescue yes. Lee, their awesome rescue mission. Yeah. Which I, I was so worried would take up the whole episode and be, like, just this boring, oh, God, they can't get off the planet now, and now they've got hostages, and now, you know, all that sort of made-up danger that makes it more boring. Yeah. But they didn't. It was over in, like, an no, act. It, yeah, it goes it, it, went, it goes off without a hitch. Yeah. And I think it, it takes exactly from one commercial break to the next. That was it. Like, yeah, ten minutes. Like, it's like they realized, well, the, no one, people have seen the jailbreak episode a thousand times before. Let's show what happens after that plus they're telling this i don't know epic is might be too big a word but they're telling this much bigger story they are which, which involves going to cardassia and uh, stuff on bajor and they actually went on location a few times which mm-hmm. for any star trek show is always a treat they're not just at that terrible planet hell uh, you know uh set again 
Welcome back to Terrible Planet Hell. Ugh. This just looks like the same stupid planet. This is just the Apple planet all over again. I don't understand why we can't just film in robot hell just for once. <laughs> well! <laughs> Actually, you do that voice much better than I do. Well! Thank you. But uh, Perhaps you'd like to meet the heads of the Beastie Boys. Why, yes, I would. <laughs> How did you know? But uh, we got uh, the uh, so O'Brien and Kira sat down and basically uh, Kira does the I'm a uh, I'm a prostitute for the for the lead gull here. Yeah, O'Brien plays her pimp. I was thinking when we were watching this, Cardassians really like to have sex with Bajorans. They apparently do. Like, it turns out the real reason that they invaded wasn't just for the free slave labor. Cardassians just really are really into Bajorans. Apparently so, which is weird because they look so different from each other. Yep. You would think that they, you know, one wouldn't be into the other, but they totally are. Major, you're so attractive. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing to say to that. To me. I, cause I, mostly because I can't tell if you're doing Gold Dukat or Vedic Barile. Because they both have it's the tough. same. They both. Yeah, and that's, that's not a dig at your uh, impression. No. They both have the same sort of creepy monotone. We, I, I don't know why I never noticed this before. Vedic Ryle's kind of a creep. He is, Well, you didn't notice it before because we weren't asked to look at him as sort of a love interest. No. And now that we're, we're you know, uh, Kira has her, her orb freak out mm. and, uh, look, you know, has this. I, apparently it's the orb of pornography that she's staring yep. into. Orb, by the way, which is still. Um, hourglass, hourglass shaped. shape, right. So it's so orb like. It's, it's clearly an orb. What other word for it is there? Look how orbital it is. <laughs> and and she's having this weird vision about, you know, possibly hinting that, that Wynn and Skeletor are in cahoots. But then, um, and, and, and Dax, like, trying to help her out. But then mm. she's naked. And then Vedic yep. is naked, standing right behind her. And then they have sex. And it's, it's pretty clear that sex is either happening or about to happen. I don't know about yep. the Jorans. It's, who knows? And then Vedic Barile shows up yeah. to... Talk Hello, Major. Slowly. Hello, Nerese. I'm here behind you, Please. and I'm naked. Ah! I, did you? I experienced a vision about you, You're, Major. Did you? Yeah. Look. Experience one about me. Quit staring at my paw. Nice paw. Creepy. But yeah. So I. I mean, I don't know. I. Knowing what I know, I think those two get involved. I don't actually specifically remember, but uh, it's it's weird that an orb would. Like, like a religious experience would tell you who you're going to hook up with. Mm. It doesn't really seem the like the that's, purview uh, of the prophets. It doesn't really seem like their jurisdiction. That's quite the pickup line there, uh, Barile. Well, God says we need to get together, so... Uh, well, I guess we'd better then. I mean, if the prophets this say is, so. This is working out better than I thought. <laughs> that was just... You know, the prophets say you should really use whips... Wow. Really? Work the dick area. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> the, the or really, is there anything in the, on Earth more sexy than the phrase, work the dick work area? Work the dick area. <laughs> Welcome back, folks. <laughs> Here I was trying to segue back into some more stuff about Quark, but I don't know. Talking about the dick area, that's... Uh... It's a pretty rough Tell transition. me more about your dick area, human. <laughs> he was trying to hit on Kira a little bit at the beginning there. Yep. <clears throat> so, this is your quarters, huh? This is 
Nice. So this is the bedroom, but uh, <laughs> nothing ever happened in oh, there. What a crime, human! Except she's <laughs> not a human. No. But you know. No, Quark. To make that awkward transition, Quark does a really great job. Like I said, the episode does a good job of keeping him involved. Quark does mm. a good job of really helping out, and everyone just keeps yelling at him for it. Yep. He gets attacked in his bar and branded. Yeah. Like, just, like, hot branded right on his head. Yep. And with, they, the, uh, with the circle logo. And he's just like, I want, you know, I'm going to sue somebody for this. And they're like, not now, Quark. Like, well, what do you mean, not now? Well, no, right now I'm getting my head buffered, but in a couple of minutes, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's getting sued. Where were you, Odo? After I get my head buffered, work the dick area, would you? I, th I thought you said you were always watching. I'm watching you, Quark, except, except for when I'm on a mouse or a cup. <laughs> but other than that, always watching you. By the way, I notice you keep changing into Quark's bar brand cups. <laughs> Where's my cut? I'm watching you, Quark. Damn it, quit saying that. <laughs> Um, you got Gul Dukat in this episode, yep. which is fantastic. I think we only had him like, like once at the beginning and once at the end last year. So it was really yep. nice to get him uh, He's back again, making his presence felt. Yeah. And this is one of those sort of spoilery things where we're just going to say this guy plays a major part later on in the series and we really like him. I think we've made it clear that Gul Dukat will be back in Gul Dukat in Die Another Day. Right. But I'm, what I'm, <clears throat> I'm trying not to specifically give away plot points and, and no. I don't think we are. But we like this character because he, he shows up again and again, and he's a great sort of slimy evil. He's he's very similar to uh, to Vedic Wynn in that regard, mm -hmm. because everything that comes out of his mouth is a, is a slippery lie. Yep. And he's extra slippery in this one because uh, Kira, you know, rescues Lee and, and a few of the other guys, and she gets back to the station, and he's all like, uh, wow. We thought all the prison camps were closed. Looks like there was still one open. Boy, that guy's going to get yelled at. I The fact that he was already there when she gets back, I think, threw me off almost as much as it seemed to throw her off. Yep. It's like, oh, crap, you're already... I'm already, I've already got to deal with this. Yep. I just got home. I've, I've already started an interstellar incident, and I, mm -hmm. I'm not, I haven't even changed back into my uniform yet. No. Great. And he's like, uh, no... Ah. Major. Prison camps? No, of course not. We don't have any of those. I can't believe they still have one. In fact, <laughs> the rest of those guys are on their way home now. And everyone's getting fired. <laughs> that was that was great. And, uh, and you know, a, a sign of things to come, mm -hmm. which is nice. Uh, let's see what no, else. No, he'll be, he'll be back. He'll totally be back. And in greater numbers. <laughs> Um, we got some great scenes between, uh, the, the guy I keep wanting to call Skeletor, uh, Frank yep. Langella and, uh, Cisco. like the beginning of part Ooh, two, yeah. there's a nice sort of Cisco's like, uh, well, I don't trust slippery politicians, but I know you're not one of those. You on the other hand are the most trustworthy politician I've ever met. I can't. Hey, we'll get along just fine. I can't imagine you're putting Lee up here just to advance your, your own you know, agenda. You you must because be, that uh, would that of course would be wrong. No, and uh, no. There's a there's a really great. I don't think they overplay it too much, but there's a really great. Wait, you really like Kira? You want her to stay here? Mm -hmm. And of, of course I do. I respect her. But all I ever hear is about how you guys hate each other. No, that's because she yeah. does her job really well. Yeah, that's because there's conflict. Yeah, conflict. Sometimes we disagree, which is you know good to have in your first officer you want mm -hmm. someone to point out the alternatives to you and then you can say no 
actually that that's not entirely fair there was there was a fair amount of uh Riker bringing up alternatives to Picard yeah but then Picard just would ignore him and yeah do what he wanted yeah exactly uh Kira had much better hair on the planet yep she they certainly improved her hair well she's she's got this ridiculous like early 90s like poof like it adds an extra two inches to her height I feel like she thinks she needs those two inches I think so but then on the planet it's just sort of flat and and sort of cute pixie hair yep and I think it's adorable yeah and and plus it almost makes her look a little tougher I think Mm -hmm. because it doesn't look like she primped her hair with a bunch of hairspray no she'll punch you in the face right exactly looks like she didn't you know don't think she won't oh she totally will and she'll punch you in the dick area too yeah Punch you everywhere. Action, a little dick, dick area action. <laughs> you know how that goes. Yep. Um, let's see what else. There's a there's a nice scene between Cisco and a uh, Bajoran general who's like. Oh yeah, that guy was cool. I kind of hope he comes back. He might. It seems like they were setting him up to be in in part uh, three a little more. Yeah. But he's like- uh, he's running the troop movements on the ground, and Cisco's like, uh, yeah, we think we might know where the weapons are coming from, and this dude's like, oh, oh, really. Just, uh, you want to keep me informed on that? Yeah. Uh, Just some I'd nice, because it. a lot of people don't really trust Cisco, I don't think. They don't really, mm-hmm. he's not the emissary to them yet. He's just the space station guy. Yeah. And, it's, and, you know, face of the Federation again. Right. And so it's nice that he gets a, because then he, he asks for a favor. And he's mm-hmm. like, I, I noticed you didn't ask for the favor first. I'll remember that. Yeah. That's, and it just shows you the kind of guy Cisco is, which is. Pretty nice guy. Pretty nice guy, but I feel like if Cisco was doing something underhanded, you'd never even know about it until it was too late. Yeah. Because Cisco, well, I mean, the the episode ends with uh, Admiral Chakotay, uh-huh. oddly enough, who who is a bland old that, white guy. That threw us off a little bit. <laughs> Benjamin, I've got Admiral Chakotay on subspace. Oh no! Oh, no, not not already. Wait, Admiral. Damn it, Admiral. Admiral. And um. And and the admiral says, uh, "Well, look, there's a there's a political thing going on here. You, you got to go." And mm. Cisco's like, uh, "Chief, how long would it take for us to leave? Not long. How long would it take for us to leave if we were going to be dicks about it? Oh, a really <laughs> long time. Oh, well, let's do that one then." Yeah, you get that great line too. I guess some of us won't be finished by the time they arrive. Yep, and that is a that is a total Cisco move. That is a yep. that is a underhanded thing that he would do. Like, well, I'm mm-hmm. following my orders. I don't know what you're saying. You know, Boy, I sure am following those orders you gave. No one can say I'm not. No, in fact, I'm following them so precisely. Follow, follow, follow. But this this sort of stemmed into a conversation that um, that you and I started to have. Oh, yeah. About, okay, well, is the Federation there? Like, why are they there? And why would they leave? And wasn't yeah, that here, uh, one of your bad things? This is my bad thing for the for the circle. Uh-huh. Um. Starfleet trip bails on Bajor quick, don't they? I mean, like, I know the Prime Directive states non-interference and stuff, but in, like, you know, a civil war, but, man, you guys put in a pretty big investment here, and now you're just going to bail on it? See, first of all, the Prime Directive seems to me should only apply to, like, first contact stuff. Yeah. Like, like that should be... For, Prime Directive is supposed to be about not interfering with planets that haven't encountered the Federation. The Prime Directive is basically don't do what Kirk did. Yeah. Kirk is Donnie Don't. Don't but do I mean, what Donnie ba- Don't does. But I mean the basic idea here is we want to we want to check out these planets that haven't made uh like haven't gotten off their their planets yet, but we don't want to 
screw up how they would naturally right. develop. We don't want them, for instance, to worship you like a god. That would probably yeah. be a bad idea. That's a no-no. Right. Don't do that. Right. Right. Not even once. Nope. But, like, once, you know, once you're a part, like, I know is not technically part of the Federation yet, but they're, like, the Federation's clearly got an interest in them, because, like, that's why Starfleet's there. Right. It, it, like, they're there as, first of all, as defense in case the Cardassians decide to come back. Mm -hmm. And, like, to sort of prepare this planet to be a part of the Federation. And it feels like bailing just because they're, ha like, just leaving because they're having this, they're about to have this coup. Like, if, if nothing else, it feels like it's jumping the gun quite a bit. Well, like I say, first of all, I don't think the Prime Directive really, like, they say Prime Directive, so that's, you know, we have to accept that that's what the canon thing is. Mm -hmm. But it feels to me like that should be a separate rule. I yeah. I do see why they shouldn't interfere, and it's because there are two political factions, and Starfleet can't be seen to be favoring one or the other. Mm -hmm. They gotta stay out of that shit. They can't, right. they can't be like, yeah, Bajorans for Bajor, we're all for that. Well, wait a minute. No, you're not. And I, f I would agree with, I, I would agree with that normally. But the thing is, as soon as they find out that the, that the Cardassians are involved, involved in any way, yeah, that means like that suddenly falls on like if nothing else that falls under their like uh, their lookout. I I see what you mean, but I don't know. Like first of all, you can't exactly prove it yet. All you have is the word of a shape shifting mouse. No, but the ad like the admiral's first thing is okay. Well, you guys are gone. Yep. As like no, we need. We need to investigate this further. This is a big deal. Right. And the whole thing was there was some some impending thing that you have to leave for right now. Yeah. And I don't remember what that was offhand. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, you have to go now. You don't have any time for that. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I Like, I see his point. I see Starfleet's point of you don't get involved in this stuff. You don't, like, we're here to to assist them if... If the the political situation is now that the people in charge don't want any non-Bajorans there, well, that means we're gone. Yeah, but the thing is, the people like the people in charge of Bajor who do want Starfleet there are technically still in charge. I that's the thing. I think by that by that point in the story, they're not. I think so doesn't we, the capital get overthrown or something like well, that? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I, I I might be I might be a little unclear on some of the finer plot points, but overall. If we're both unclear, well, they might not, it just might not have come up yet. That's true, but... It, it just, it feels like if the, if the Bajoran, if the Bajoran government is still in charge, and I know that they're all, like, not able to make any decisions or anything, that's a big part of what episode one was about. Right. Like, they should be able to just request Starfleet uh, assistance with something like this. Yeah, I but don't I don't think they want to. I think I think Bajor is incredibly proud and doesn't want to admit that they can't handle their own shit. Yeah, that's certainly true. And you know, if you look at Kira as a representation of that, you know, mm. she. But then again, Kira is not afraid to say, "Hey, I need a runabout. You have better yeah. ships than we have. Give me a mm. give me a ship." I don't know, and maybe all this will get cleared up in the third episode. It just it, it probably seems, will. It seems off to me that like Starfleet's just going to cut and run this quickly. Uh, see, I think this comes up more than once. This mm. this kind of situation, and I don't want to spoil specific things, but I think you know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. where Starfleet can't take sides in a in a thing going on with Bajor, and they have to they have to stay out of it. And I think, I don't know. I think that's I think that's part of the conflict of of the situation of the show. I think that's mm -hmm. part of Cisco's like what makes his job so hard, is because he has to stay out of a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. He can't 
just come in and say, here, let me fix this. I have the answer. He's not allowed to do that. I think that's... That's, Kirk, that's Kirk's job. Yeah, right. Whereas Picard would mediate, Kirk would just tell them what to do. Cisco can't really get involved either way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's something to think about. It's definitely something to think about, and it's something I wanted to discuss a little bit, because I, mm-hmm. I don't disagree with you that it feels... I mean, it's a dick move. It is. Because really, what what's going to happen is, and everyone knows it, the minute Starfleet pulls out all their people and their weapons and their the backing of their fleet, mm-hmm. you know, the big imposing empire that just pulled out is going to come right back. Yeah. It's just like, it's like no one on Bajor is thinking, you know? Yeah. Like, I love the idea of them just like, no, no, we don't need your help. Well, if I understand correctly, the Bajorans on their own without Starfleet's help drove the Cardassians away. They did. They, but now they've just come out of a war. Like, right. you really think that's the time to <clears throat> for your little planet to get back into this with a ju- with like this space empire? No, but I think their mentality is: we drove them off once before. We can do it again. We don't need your help. Yeah. We want to. We want to stand for ourselves now. We want to be. You know, we want to be our own people now. Mm. And well, you, you know, know what? I'm glad that you think that because you're gonna get your asses kicked this time. Well, but you know, they're proud people. I I get that. And that's what, again, that's what makes Cisco's job so goddamn hard yeah. is because he's got these people who think they know better and, and don't need his help. Mm-hmm. And he's got to help them basically without any thanks. <laughs> and, you know. It's like, we, we hate you. Also, you're God. Yeah. Well, that thankfully, that hasn't come into it yet because that would that would create a whole, you know, extra layer. Come on, man. I got like, I don't have enough going on right now. <laughs> also, he's Jesus. God lives not, in the hole. I'm not Jesus. He's, you know, he's, uh, he's Jesus. Or maybe Moses. Moses would probably be the best. I just went thing. visiting with your gods. What's, yeah. why is that such a big deal? Because <laughs> nobody, literally nobody else ever has. Okay, so one time. Jeez. <laughs> guys are acting like it's important or something. Like, like Moses is some big deal or something. Jeez. Jeez. What did I, what did I... Somebody get me a Technicolor dream coat. <laughs> I'm going to look fancy as hell. But that's jo- Wait, no, that's Joseph. That's Never Joseph. mind. I don't even know what that is. Now you're, now you're bringing uh, Sir Dame Andrew Lloyd Webber into this. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> Sir Dame Lord Andrew oh, Lloyd Oh, excuse the hell out of me. Yes. Uh, look, we don't want him sniffing around our podcast, all right? Look, he's, he's inevitably going to sniff around every podcast. That is just the Tompkins way. <laughs> In one form or another, whether whether it be mouse or cup, <laughs> Olive Tompkins is going to be here, Matt. That's just, we need to be prepared for that. We should send him a letter. Yeah, probably should. I don't know. He's Here, a big Paul Doctor Who nerd. Yeah, he, might... he was on that, uh, he was on some little Doctor Who podcast. He was. Not not the one that is run by our good friends. No. But another one. one that... Although if we befriended him. Yes. Well, perhaps we should do that. Mm-hmm. Something to think about? Yes. We should get famous Something people to on here. Act on. That uh, that that reminds me. Uh, mm. uh, speaking of famous people, uh, yes. at, at the Emerald City Comic Con, which we will be once again um, at this year. Yes, as is our want. We'll have a table. Uh, uh, the last uh, convention we did was Rose City in uh, in Portland, Oregon, mm. where we had our Spock and Kirk puppets. Yep. Uh, this time we hope to have our, uh, our our puppet master is is hard at work on a Bones puppet to complete mm-hmm. the triad. Uh, well, it turns out Carl Urban's going to be at Emerald City. 
Ooh. I think these two need to meet. Yes. So I can't guarantee that's going to happen. But it's definitely in the back of my head that we need to, we need Bones yep. to meet Bones. Ooh. Yeah, that would be very cool. Man, I'm blown away by how awesome this could be. Yeah, could be. Probably won't Ooh. be, because when, nah. whenever I'm faced with meeting famous people, I usually say, eh, I don't want to stand in line. But I don't know, this, well, it's pretty... Uh... I just picture... So what the hell was up with Priest? <laughs> I had to sit through that movie for two goddamn hours, and you you staring at buildings. What the hell, man? <laughs> I'm sorry. I love Star Trek. <laughs> but I hate Priest! So much. Oh, boy. Matt likes Dread. I... <laughs> I like Dread, too. Oh, good. Dread was good. I enjoyed that. But let's talk about Star Trek. Yeah, let's. Uh, did you have a bad thing for the first part? Did I? Let's find out. Oh, yeah, Bad so... things for both of these were difficult. Yeah, they were. So, um... I was informed about the appearance of a certain, uh... Michael Bell is the actor. Michael Bell. Uh-huh. Who... You may not remember by his real name. Well, famous voice actor played tons and tons of uh, key roles in in cartoons throughout the eighties and nineties. More importantly, more importantly, he featured in uh, the TNG pilot uh -huh. encounter at Farpoint <laughs> as well-known Apple enthusiast and table hider under Groppler Zorn. Breakout character. Until we had Armus, we had Groppler Zorn. Fan favorite. <laughs> If we, Until Armus showed up. I was going to say, if we hadn't discovered Armus, then Grappler Zorn may have been the face of Next Gen for the entire yep. series. <laughs> hey guys, I'm the hero now. <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah, but uh, Michael Bell was Nobody in this. grapples like I do. He was in... Uh... He he was in the Cardassian uh, uh, prison camp. He was he was actually the guy who sent the earring along yep. as, as the message. Mm. And... Uh, no, I'm... All I'm going to say is this. He did more grappling. Yeah, he, he had two lines. It's like, oh, Didn't yeah. grapple that was, at all. That was, that was me. I sent that. And uh, yep. let's get out of here. And that's it. That's all he said. Like, yep. you know. Let's go. If I didn't know. You to, should leave. If I didn't recognize his name in the credits, I would not have caught that. Like, he's got a yeah. very distinctive voice. I didn't catch it until you told me about it later. Well, it, there's, a, there's a few things like that in here. There's, you know, you, you thought that, um, that Lee was, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh god, The Third Hulk. <laughs> the Third Hulk. That's my favorite Hitchcock movie, The Third Hulk. Right? <laughs> Which I really want to see now. <laughs> um, no, I, I can't think of the dude's name either, and of course there's, oh, there's listeners god screaming at us. Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo, thank you. I was thinking Bruce Greenwood. Like, that's the, that's Captain Pike, what am I even talking yeah. about? Yeah, thank you, Mark Ruffalo. But yeah. uh, that's that's just because of his uh, curly hair. His that, curly hair that you want to ruffle. See, that's the that's your mnemonic there. You want to ruffle his curly hair. Mark Ruffalo hair. Right, but uh, no, it was it was the dude who played um, uh, Ben, Horn ben Horn in Twin Peaks, like the evil industrialist yep. who almost had sex with his daughter. Spoilers, I guess. Yeah, if you haven't seen Twin Peaks. And if you haven't, stick around after uh, we finish up Star Trek. Oh, no, 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 no. We're doing a Batman one after that. Maybe maybe we'll do Twin Peaks after Star Trek. Or after, Peaks after Atomic Batman. Horror, we'll call it. Oh. That's the, you're the new worst. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's, look, I even have it in my notes. This dude reminds me of Ben Horn from Twin Peaks, and then I looked it up. Oh, well, that would be why. 
It's <laughs> a pretty good reason why. And then uh, Frank Langello, of course, if you didn't know who he was, uh, that would probably be bugging you as well. Like, yep. when I know this dude, isn't that, you know? And of course, hard not to give him the Skeletor voice the entire time. The cartoon of Skeletor voice. Of course it's hard. Me, me. Beast man. Me, man. Uh, it's, not very, it's not a very nice name to call Kai Win or uh, Vedic Win. Yeah. Stop promoting her. She's just a Vedic. Cut that. <laughs> Take it again if you want. So, uh, and then going, okay, so going on to part two, like I say, since we sort of mush these together. Yep. We got our good things and our bad things. Uh, you you did yours. Let's see. Okay, my good thing for part two, okay, and I, I think this applies probably to all three parts. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you know, it, it, it applies to this whole story. This is how you do a Rebels episode. Mm -hmm. I care. Like, I care. Like, my biggest complaint throughout Next Gen when we would do the, the quote-unquote mullety Rebels episodes, because they always had mullets. Mm -hmm. And they always were around those fucking flaming trash cans. And they yep. were like, ah! First of all, there weren't any flaming trash cans or girders to be seen. Not a single one. Didn't look like we were playing Donkey Kong at all, so that was nice. <laughs> um, but what they were rebelling against was a government that we spent 20 episodes establishing in the first place. Yeah. It wasn't a planet we just met and we knew we'd be leaving by the end. There, because of the nature of the show, because we're rooted in one place, this matters. This yeah. this changes the whole status quo. We could conceivably lose Kira. Of course, that that ended up being my bad thing, which mm. is no. We know Kira's not going anywhere. I disagree. Really? If um, like if I was watching this the first time through, mm -hmm. like they could easily like. They could easily lose her after this, you know? We're just getting into a new season. See, I just, I don't think that's true. I think, I think... She's a character that I'm sure a lot of people don't like. Yeah, but we've never seen Star Trek make changes like that before. Like, they sort of unceremoniously killed Tasha. Mm -hmm. But apart from that, that's not really how they do things. You know what I mean? Or the very, at the very least, we could have her move down to the monastery where she could be stuck. I guess that's true. I don't know. It, it just, it felt like one of those things where it was very obvious to me that by the end of all this, she's going to be exactly where she started. See, I, I don't know. I could, I could easily see them using this as a, a way to introduce, uh, whatever the fuck, Ben Lee. Horn into a, uh, <laughs> Lee. In his Kira's job. I suppose so. I don't know. But uh, but it I, it didn't because the show hasn't really established yet because the way I think of Star Trek doing things is oh it's season three guess what Doctor Pulaski's gone mm -hmm. we're not even going to tell you where she went where'd she go that's no one knows that's just or hey Guinan's here and we've always had a bar who says we haven't mm -hmm. like that they don't they don't move character they don't tell you why characters leave they or or show up they just sort of leave and show up. Yep. And so it it didn't feel like a thing that would really happen to me. Maybe they're all turning into cups. <laughs> or mice. Or mice. Or maybe they're playing one of those games where there's a mouse under the cup. Ah, uh, yes. Mouse cup. Yes. You know, the problem with mouse cup is no one ever knew how to play it. Yeah. And you're always losing the cup. Yep. And so you're just playing mouse, and that's no fun. It takes like an hour to set up. Yeah. And then it's... No, it's the bathtub you're always losing. That's the problem. You're always losing the bathtub. Right. Um... I hate Mouse Cup. <laughs> I hate board games. <laughs> uh, but really, overall, back to back to my good thing, because this political situation, like, we're engaged in it. We want to know what's going to happen next. We know there's this Wynn chick who's who's just, yeah. like, totally, you know, horrible. And, and we know there's the, the provisional government. And we know they need Starfleet, like Matt and I were just talking about. Like, this is all a thing. We care. 
we and so this this circle these rebels are actually interesting beyond that we don't see them i don't think we apart from skeletor we really see any of the circle doing anything not really, no. We got some extras milling about when they when they kidnap Kira, and that's in it. In their cave. Yeah. Their cave hideout. Of course, in their cave hideout. But it didn't have any flaming trash cans or girders in it. No, that's true. So that's but a... it also didn't have a labeled bat computer, so, well, you know. That really is can't the win only, them all. That really is the only kind of cave. Or circle poles. Or, or circle poles. Mm -hmm. They do, uh, we, we didn't talk about it. they do uh, torture Kira. They do torture Kira, and they do it really unpleasantly. Yeah, they talk about, uh, well, we learned some good techniques from the Cardassians. Really? So you guys are uh, you guys are okay with that, huh? Sure the are. The Nazis just left, and you're cool doing Nazi stuff to people. Yep. That's uh, not very cool. Well, say what you will about the Cardassians. They did keep the trains running on time. <laughs> also, they like dogs. Are there are there trains on Bayshore? I'm sure there's at least one train. I don't know. They don't really seem like a train-loving people. There's one thing I learned from that uh, that John Hodgman podcast where he played Ayn Rand. It's that trains are the most important thing. Well, that's true. And that he's beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. A beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. <laughs> uh, well, that's basically all I had. I had a lot of notes here, but I think I wanted uh... to take a quick moment to appreciate uh, Vedic Wynn's sick burns. Oh? There's, qu there's a couple of them. Well, she's uh, when she, uh, she definitely does in... her thing. When she runs into uh, Kira and Beryl. Is this where I get to the point in your notes where it says, I hate that cunt? Yep, that's the one. Okay. Well, what's, what specifically... Standing up on the bridge. Looking down at them. Which, that, that, which, by the way, that's the first part right there. Yeah, looking down on them. She had to make sure she's standing up on the bridge so she can look down on them. Yep. And she uh, refers to Kira as, uh, what is it? As Beryl's entertainment. Right. And then your major, uh, uh... What was your name again? Oh, right, from the space station. It's like, oh, right, the space station. Yeah, you were just there. There was a big fucking controversy. Where... I foiled you, you bitch. Remember when they blew up that school? Mm, oh. Well, You know, child. I'm so busy, yeah. child. Yep. Gotta throw that condescending child in there. Yep. Ugh. That's the worst part. Yeah, it absolutely oh. is. I'm older than you, you bitch. <laughs> I don't think that she is. Still. Um, she does do that at some point in the series. I remember that. What, to somebody who's older? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, and, and she's got a whole thing about, oh, you, you let her use an orb. Well, you know, I mean, I would have done that, but I would have asked permission first. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not a big deal or anything. It's and he's just... like, well, no one's ever held anyone to that formality. Well, you know. It is a, it's just polite. Yeah. And I, I always make an effort to do that sort of She's thing. She's got this passive aggressive just mm -hmm. like ah where you How long how long do you plan on staying with us? We haven't decided yet. Oh, oh. well take as many days as you want. Even a week if necessary. Yeah, that was nice. Like it's, it's very uh, clear how long you're allowed to stay. Oh fuck you. Yep. Oh You really don't like her, do you, Pat? I hate her so much. <laughs> Good. So much. I'm, just, I'm glad we established early on that you you love to hate her, though. I I look. I respect that character. I was really worried that that like episodes with her, you just like wouldn't like. Yeah. I didn't. No, it's not like Keiko where I just fucking hate her. Right. Where it's just like, really, does he need Ooh. this in his life? They kind of do need this in their lives. Yeah. Because this is some fucking classic like villainy here. But on the other hand, she again, she's not straight up evil. She has her motives that are 
in her eyes, yep. you know, totally legit. She's mm-hmm. she's totally super conservative and she wants things to go back to traditional ways, but uh but and she also wants to be in charge. That's the important part. Well, but, but she thinks she would do a better job. She's not mm-hmm. I don't believe that she's power hungry. Like I truly believe she thinks she would be the best person for the job. She she truly believes that. I think she believes that she's the best person for the job, but I think she also believes that you know, no, the more Bajor she can control, the better. But I, again, I don't think it's because she wants power exactly. Like, there's a difference between I think I know best and I'm the best person for the job. I, I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not saying it exactly right, but she's not motivated by greed or power lust. She's motivated by I truly believe I'm the best person to run Bajor because Bajor needs to be run the correct way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's not an evil thing. No, no, I would never say, I'd never say that. Like, she thinks her way is truly the correct path. Mm-hmm. And not, she doesn't want Bajor for herself. She wants Bajor for her way of thinking. Yeah. You know what okay. I mean? That I, that I can get behind. Like, I'm still not saying it exactly right, but that's... No, that's, well, and the thing is, we also haven't seen much of her yet. Yeah, but so far, that's, that's the gist that I get, mm. is that she's truly earnest, that she truly is devoted to the prophets, and that she's not pretending just to be in power. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I'm I'm saying. She's not. Mm-hmm. This isn't all a big lie just so she can get in power. Whereas, you know, uh, Skeletor dude, on the other hand, m- might be. You know, like if he found out they were buying weapons from the Cardassians, he might not care. Because he wants he wants power. Yeah. Like I think there's a there's a difference there. I think he's you know, he's a little more not evil, but definitely more self motivated. I don't know. I feel like the if. The, them knowing that they're buying their weapons from the Cardassians. Well, I mean, we'll find out in part out, three. Like, well, yeah, of course we will. But like, I feel like that's that's a big that's that's gonna be a big deal probably for both of them. Yeah. Well, like I say, we'll find out soon enough. Mm. But, Interesting stuff. Yep. And the first time we've had to do this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But like two parters, we always end up dealing with in the same part. We've never had to sort of defer a conversation and find out what happens next. And I don't remember. Like, I've seen this entire series through, but yeah. I, I sincerely don't remember what happens next. Yeah. I There's one plot point in particular that sticks in my head, but that's it. Mm. I, the rest of it, I got I got no clue. I'm going in with blind eyes. So it's, it's you know, it's really cool. Yeah. Because this is the story that I'm really getting into, and it's not already spoiled for me, which is nice. And we've done a good job, I think, of not spoiling, you know. I think so. Things for people so We've far. tried. Yeah. Well, and if we failed, oh well. You're listening yeah. to a comedy show. What are you going to do? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Dick area. Yep. <laughs> Dick area. Just, just remember that if we get too much into the politics, because I was, I was really worried. Oh, we got all this serious stuff to talk about. But now now we got Dick area to fall back. Dick on. area. So, yeah, we're, we're good. Work the Dick area. <laughs> so next week, no guest. Uh, we'll be we'll be finishing up this. And then there's a, another episode as well. And, Heading uh, into uh, what's the next one called? I don't remember off the top of yeah, my right. head. I was I was gonna try to smoothly work into that, and uh, I don't remember. I don't have a list yeah, in front of me. Well, whatever. Part three of this, in any case. Yes. So that should be good. It's called the Siege, I think. Yes, the Siege. Because there's also a book of the same name that has nothing yeah. to do with that. The Peter David Siege. That one's called. Right. The Peter David Siege. Yes. We'll be watching the non-Peter David Siege. Yep. So. So look forward to that. We have finished writing and uh, uh, having our uh, volume two of our episode guide copy edited. It is currently in the hands of our pal Bob, who is prepping it for uh, publication. 
Mm-hmm. We're still a couple of months away from that. It uh, won't be published until uh, March, but uh, but it's done. Mm-hmm. That is the entirety of Next Gen from Farpoint through um, Nemesis. Yep. And uh, there's some great stuff in there. And uh, looking forward to uh, to you guys being able to check that out. And like yes. I say, our our big thing now we're we're looking forward to is only in a few months is our big appearance at Emerald City. Uh, those of you who are in the Seattle area or who can make it there in uh, late March, hope to see you there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're still waiting to hear if we're going to get a panel, but uh, our hopes are high. We we had one last year and it went really well, so hopefully we'll get another one. And uh, fingers crossed. See how that goes. And that's all for us. We will be back next week. See you, folks. The Post Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2014. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.